Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about No fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 380. Is that some kind of milestone? No. Welcome. I am Jen Kirkman. I am your host and your only guest. That's right. This is a solo podcast. I'm comedian Jen Kirkman. You may know my Netflix specials. I'm going to die alone and I feel fine and just keep living. You may remember me from Chelsea Lately or Drunk History or Twitter. I don't know. How do you know me? Who fucking knows? But this my podcast is where I go to tell you what's going on in my head, sometimes in the world, in my life, every week, and hoping that you all relate. It's like a conversation with a friend where you say nothing. Oh, there's so much to tell you about, but let's get right into it right now, shall we? And by the way, this is where I go to be sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but I am always honest and real. And I think I don't have to keep explaining it. You all know what a podcast is. So let's just dive right in. Now, last week I said I'm going to talk about Meghan and Harry. And then I fucking forgot to talk about Meghan and Harry. I do that all the time. I'm sure you weren't like, oh my God, what is Jen's hot take on the Meghan and Harry Oprah interview? I haven't been able to honestly do much uh, while I've waited to hear what she had to say. It's been hard on my family. I've been laying awake at night and um, having stress dreams. And, you know, my kids have been, I haven't washed their faces. I haven't brushed their teeth. Um, You know, my my husband would do that normally, but um, he's just been so worried about me that he's just been on websites, Googling 
what can make a woman despondent, and there are no answers. Um, I, I don't have the strength to tell him, I need to know Jen's hot take on Mary, Harry and Meghan on Oprah. I don't even have the energy to say all that. And so it's been ruining my life. I know you're not, that none of that's happening to you guys. Now, I have a Patreon version of this podcast that I just want to tell you. And the reason I want to mention that is because on this very episode, number 380, it'll be about an hour. Well, guess what? I've already talked to the Patreon subscribers eye to eye on my video feed for an hour. So they have a two-hour episode this week. And I told them stories about my root canal. I told them stories about my second shot of the vaccine. I told them stories about the controversy with vaccines in California. I told them about my guardian angel delivery person. And none of that will be talked about on this show. So I do give like a little mini extra bonus episode every week in the video version. And it's five bucks a month and you get like a 90-minute episode of this podcast every week with no ads. And again, the video version, you get to look at me, you get to see my fluorescent no fun sign, and you get to support me because there is no tour this year. And this is one of my jobs. This is how I make money. So support the women in comedy that you love. Please don't assume I do it just for fun, something to do. Please, if I wanted something to do, I'd sit and read a book and do nothing. I'd stare at my money. But I need money so that I can stare at it. So support the women you love. All of those guys who are sexually harassing everyone, they have thousands of Patreon subscribers. They have diehard fans. And mostly people just like to tell women, I support you, but they don't actually do it with their money. So get your fucking stimmy going and five bucks a month for my Patreon and actually put your money where your mouth is. Put your money where your Twitter comments are. This is the week you finally sign up. Patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. By the way, if you sign up for a year, you get a 16% discount. If you're like, I can't commit, great. Here's the good news. If you don't sign up for a year, you can cancel any time. No hard feelings. I won't even know. I mean, I'll know, but I won't know who canceled. I don't go find you and you know yell at your family. All right, so let's get going with what I'm going to talk about this week. I'm going to give you my mom's hot take on the Grammys, my mom's hot take on Meghan and Harry. I'm going to talk about my dreading already July 4th this year. The tampons on Twitter scandal that I went through. And some listener emails about your lives. And how I smacked down a guy who made a joke to me over DMs. I was pretty proud of myself. So let's talk about Meghan and Harry. I forgot to weigh in. Oh my God. You notice the world was turning a little wonkier? It wasn't quite on its axis because I hadn't weighed in. Here's my opinion. I enjoyed it. Much like the Woody Allen documentary or the documentary that is about his sexual assault allegations, Alan V. Farrell, like that docu-series, what I got out of the Harry and Meghan thing was, oh, this is a situation I've been hearing about forever. I thought I knew everything. And then this just sort of framed the whole world for me. And what the Harry, Meghan, and Oprah framed for me was that 
I didn't quite realize. I know the tabloids are huge in London. I didn't quite realize the hold that the tabloids have on the balls of the royal family and that they will give the tabloids things like chum, keep the shark happy so they don't come eat me. And they will make up stories about Meghan Markle. They will have her write a letter to her father and then take it and print it. And I didn't, I don't read the British tabloids, so I really had no idea quite how incessant and destructive it was. Although if you asked me, is it incense, is it in destructive and incessant? I would say yes, but now I have details and examples. I also wasn't aware that, uh, you know, he wasn't really speaking with some of the family. I wasn't aware that there was this, you know, wondering what color the kid was and, and cutting him off because he, they've decided there was no way he was going to be a prince, which is fucked up. Of course, that's because of race. You don't go, no, no, we just wanted to know what color he was. No, 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 we're just asking. We just want the room to match his skin. We're asking. Now, unrelated to the fact that he is um, a mixed race child, we're not going to, he's not going to be able to be a prince because we said so. I know it's, it's not, not related though. Not related. Um, but since he's not a prince, he doesn't get royal security. So he's kind of out on his own. Yeah. He can get one of those lady claw things. You put him. I know they're not good for babies. But when he's a little older, he can get one of those. And you put. Listen listen to me, Harry. You put one in your fingers. And it's like a little claw. And if someone comes out, you go. Rawr, like a cat. It's actually kind of. I might get one just for fun. Even though I've got full you know, SWAT team, um, almost secret service like security, but, um, okay. Well, you guys are obviously not happy with anything. Here comes the Hollywood diva and her demands. Oh my God, please treat my child like a human, even though he's mixed race. Oh my God, please let my son have the option to be a prince because he was born into a Royal family. Oh my God, please let my son have protection. Like, hello, do you hear yourself? Like, what else do you want? You know, and I didn't realize I mean, I think it was obvious for before Harry met Meghan that he was not quite one of these things is not like the other. He was not like the other people in the family. You know, he wasn't stuffy. He was kind of a wild child. He kind of had that Hollywood image, you know, and not the royal family image. He was uh, just like a little, not a wild child, but like a... I don't know, maybe a little bit of a partier and just sort of like more down to earth. And, you know, Prince William is so delicate. Like, Kate's a snooze. I don't know, Harry had a little extra. So I, I didn't think, oh God, he's probably so bummed he has to leave the royal family because of Meghan. But I think it's, the, the people go, why do we care about this? Now, I get it. Why do we care about a monarchy? People just want health care and these, these fucks live in a castle. I get it. But that's the reason why we care about that there's a monarchy. Is that maybe not in our lifetime. I don't know, depending on how long you plan to live. You could be a four-year-old listening and it might happen in your lifetime. The monarchy could get dismantled or severely 
taken apart. That's a big deal. Now, I don't exactly, I'm not an expert. I don't know the repercussions, uh, the positive ones for that. I'm not like, and then when that happens, everyone gets blank. You know, I, but I think it's a big deal that, you know, we're living in this. It's not just the Me Too movement. It's, it's everything. We're living in this get everything out into the light. The past five years have been this powerful guy. Well, this is what he does behind closed doors. Oh, yeah. Well, this blah, blah, blah. This is what I mean. This is a big deal. This is one woman, one woman, one black woman. Uh, my friend Jenna Friedman, who very talented, she nominated for an Oscar. She wrote on the Borat movie. She tweeted something. I'm butchering her tweet, but um, the story of the divorced woman who came and saved a prince is really romantic. And isn't that fucking great? It's it's not even just funny. It's a true perspective that this woman saved him, not the other way around. It wasn't she became a princess and lived happily ever after. In fact, the opposite. She became a princess and wanted to kill herself. You know? And I had no idea about, if you didn't watch the uh, interview, she was telling Oprah she was suicidal. And she said to Harry, I don't think I should be alone. Things were really hard. And, and even down to the basics, they don't teach you how to curtsy. They don't give you royal training, which I was like, what? I've seen a lot of Hallmark movies and, and people do get training. But it was really like she's Googling stuff, you know, how to do this, how to do that. But of course, she's going to be judged on it all. Oh, my God. So, you know, it's that that kind of stuff when you are coming in from the outside. You, you know, of course, you get etiquette training, I think, if you're on the inside, right? I'm sure every little girl goes to elocution school and manners school or whatever the fuck. And uh, so here she is like some seen and pretty woman, you know, where she doesn't know how to do the oyster. And everyone's like, and then of course she's dealing with the racist press and the, 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 the gaslighting of, the monarchy, the gaslighting of the royal family. Oh my God, I can't believe that's happening to you. Yeah, it happened to all of us. They called me fat once. Um, That's a little different. But then they're the ones giving the information. It's like, God, that's a horror movie. You're trapped in a castle or in, you know, you can only be in somehow the commonwealth of, of what, you know, England rules over, which is fine. That includes a lot of different places. But you're trapped in a system, in a family, in a lineage with these people and they're dishing out shit about you to the tabloids and then being like, oh my God, I don't want to tell That's absolutely terrifying. So she was suicidal as she told Oprah. This one night she says to Harry, I don't think I should be alone because he had to go to some event and she went with him. And when Harry went to get her some help and went to speak to, they call it the institution. They don't say the names of the people. I'm assuming it's Prince Charles all the way. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. They were like, yeah, we don't have mental health resources, sorry. And Megan was like, I can't call an Uber and go check myself in. So it's just like, just deal with it if you're suicidal. I honestly think, I swear to God, I don't think they cared if she was, I think they would rather she killed herself. I'm not kidding. And then they were hearkening back to interviews that Princess Diana did where she's like, do you know why I'm working with landmines over here? I'm not kidding. That she was like, I don't care if I step on one. I'm, she was also suicidal. This family is fucked up. So anyway, I didn't know any of that. Of course they had to get away. And I think Prince Harry is the only one that is sort of like, am I the only one talking about what you guys did to my mother? And I don't mean the conspiracy theory that they had the paparazzi chase her to the point where it, they got in a car accident in that tunnel in France, which I've been through that tunnel. It is uh, actually quite scary. Um, it feels like if your driver is going fast, I say driver like, at a, you know, I was in an Uber. Uh, L'Albert. That's not how they say it. I was like, ooh, I'm getting the willies in here. But anyway... that tortured that woman. My point is that I talked to my mother. Oh my God, she's got, she's got all the takes. Jennifer, that Meghan Markle is a sweet girl. Why are they doing this to her? And you know, I, she says she's friends with the queen. I don't trust that queen at all. I wouldn't tell her anything. She's in charge. She's the queen. Her husband has to walk steps behind her because he's really not as much royalty as she is. And she's like, oh, I can't do anything for anyone. I don't buy it, Jennifer. And Harry, he is a good person. And he is just like his mother, Diana. Now, my mother is one of those conspiracy theorists that does believe that Prince Harry is the is not Prince Charles' biological son, that Diana had some affair with some soccer player or whatever. Now, she doesn't think that that's why the palace is outing and ousting him. It's all racism. But she's just saying, uh, as a side note, that's what I think. Now, I used to think that, too, because he looked just like this, I don't know, football or soccer, whatever the fuck you people call things. But then someone showed me a picture of Prince Philip you know, the, the corpse that's still walking around. They let a corpse leave the hospital last week. And if you saw the pictures of him in the car, it was like, oh, my God. Like, you wanted his eyes to be shut because it was just death. He was just like, I'm death. Like, it was terrifying. Uh, he's 99 and still hanging on. And I think he may. I don't know what's happening. Uh, he seems like someone who's died but his heart forgot to stop beating. Like, I don't understand what's happening. He looks terrible. He looks awful. Talk about need a makeover. Anyway, so... What am I saying? So there's a picture of him when he was younger. Same red hair, looks just like Harry. And I'm like, eh, maybe. Or is that Prince Philip? No, that Prince Ant... Whatever, one of these assholes. It looks like them. My mother was like, who cares how dark the baby is? And I was thinking of a joke. The only time you should care that your baby comes out, that your wife's baby, well, Harry's not the one who cares, but for the sake of the joke. Okay, how about, 
Uh, the only time you should care if your grandson comes out black is if the mother and the father are white. Get it? That means she cheated on you and you can tell because baby's black. Not that it's bad she cheated with a black guy, but it just, she cheated. Oh, forget it. Forget it. I can't even do these jokes. You get the joke. It's like the public enemy song. Black man, black woman, black baby, black man, white woman. Black baby. White man. White woman. White baby. Black woman. White man. Black baby. Check it out. I'm living in fear of these cinnamon. All I got is Jesus chromosomes. Consider me black to the bone. All I want is peace and love on this planet. Ain't how that God planned it. Excuse us for the news. You might not be amused. But did you know white comes from black? No need to be confused. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Man, I don't want your wife. Stop screaming, it's not the end of your life. But suppose she says she loves me. What's wrong with some color in your family tree? Oh my God, that's a good song. Fear of a Black Planet. Am I allowed to play it while I am recording? I don't think that's going to work. Anyway, I just sang it for you. I just sang it for you. Uh, You can enjoy it there. But that is that song. But why can't I find it on the album? That's so weird. Anyway. So. My mother was upset. Now, Oprah, she did great. Hang on. I got to do something with this light. Oprah was, she's the only one who could have done this. I'm a dork who's enjoying all the Oprah memes, like, just like the way she had her face. (laughs) I just, I do like the faces she was making, like. It's almost like she knew she was going to get memed after this. She was just like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, but she's good. I Somebody told me that younger people who were like 10 years old when Oprah went off the air have never heard of her. Now, I get they weren't watching the show, but I, it's just so weird to me to have literally never heard of someone. Like, that's crazy to me. I don't get it. And these kids are are being raised by Gen X people, so I can't even like blame younger people. I have to blame Gen X too. Um, oh, I don't. I don't even want to get into it. Once I have to start blaming Gen X for stuff, I'm out. So what was I saying? Yeah, my mother was. Uh, this is the bedtime story. I was no, not a bedtime story, but she always. Like, Charles never loved Diana. He never did. And she loved him. I don't know why. Then she reminded me, this was a this was a big story that kids, you missed it. Um, my mother's like, remember when he said he wanted to be Camilla's tampon? Prince Charles, when he was having an affair with Camilla Bowles, which he was the whole time, he didn't want to marry Diana. He was with Camilla before that. He didn't like meet her. While he was married to Diana, it was a whole thing. But I guess the TV show, The Crown, they are not going to include Prince Charles and Camilla's infamous tampon conversation. And I guess it was uh, taped, but they were having some kind of pillow talk, some kind of bedroom talk. And he said, 
I want to be your tampon. Meaning, I want to be all up in your vagina. Now, I mean, I guess, in a way, a couple things that I don't mind about that. He's obviously not grossed out by periods, so that's cool. He just wants to be in her. Like, in, I don't even mean sexually. He just wants, he just can't get enough. Weird thing to say. But there's really no other compliment. I want to be your, I want to be the cilia in your nose hair. I want to be in your gut. I want to be your large intestine. I want to be a poop in your intestine. But now I just found this. So, okay, breaking no fun news. So I'm Googling because I want to find the exact words. But it was basically, I want to be your tampon. The Crown will not include Prince Charles and Camilla's infamous tampon conversation. Actor Josh O'Connor made sure of it. I'm like, what the fuck does he get a say in this for? As a TV writer, I'm like, calm down, actors. We'll tell you what to say. You don't fucking tell us. Here's what he said. And now I hate this guy. I want to send him a box of tampons. Actually, write that down. I might, unless my agent represents him. And they're like, can you not harass everyone, Jen? Okay, I didn't know. Okay. Uh, Josh O'Connor. He tells Sirius XM's EW Live that according to him, Tampon Gate, the infamous phone conversation in which Prince Charles was allegedly caught on tape joking that he wanted to be reincarnated as Camilla's tampon. Oh, he wanted to be reincarnated as it. Does he not know that you throw that out so he'd only live for five, like four hours? Uh, will not be recreated on the show. When they offered me the role, one of my first questions was, I say questions. I think it was pretty much a statement. We are not doing the tampon phone call. O'Connor has played a few slightly dodgy characters, he explained. And the crown was my one chance for my parents to see something with no shame. And there's no way I was going to scuttle that by talking about tampons on Netflix. Fuck you. What is wrong with what? This I never understood about actors. I played a bad character. You're acting, you stupid fuck. We know you're acting. How fun is it to play an evil character? You know how many people love Jack Nicholson? He was the fucking Joker killing everybody. Uh, everyone loves um, Tony Soprano. Like, hello, mob murderer. Everyone loves Barry. Like, people. We root for bad people sometimes um, if they're sympathetic. Like, Prince Charles is not sympathetic. That tampon story is actually the only thing that makes me go, what a freak. What a goofy little weirdo. Like, that's the only thing that makes me like him. Do you understand? And this guy, my parents can watch it. They're not doing this for your parents. What, your parents are going to go, We're, honey, you were in a major show and you're an amazing actor. Whew, we really hated that you were talking about tampons. So we're very disappointed in you. Shut What? 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 I hope he gets a role that's like, if you don't take this role... You're going to lose a billion dollars and you have to, no, I hope his whole career, I hope his whole career dies and he has to dress up like a tampon and stand in a health class at school and kids put ketchup on him to show how absorbent they are. I just put a curse on you. Okay. So then my mom, ah, did you watch the Grammys? She watches everything. I didn't, I didn't even know it was on. I'm like, what's happening? Who, what, huh? Jennifer, 
is here. So I'm telling her, I'm on the phone with her because I, I, I'm not going to tell you guys. It's only for the Patreon. So if you want to know about my illness, go join it. But I had been very nauseous and I was on the phone with my mom and I, I hadn't called her in days and she was emailing me and I was like, oh, she's going to think I'm like dying. So I called her. I'm like, and I'm like, so I'm describing my symptoms and she's like, oh, when you were young, you used to cry and go, I'm going to throw up. And you would try to stop it. And it was so funny. I would say, just throw up. You'll feel better. I'm going to throw up. Anyway. And so I'm like, well, and then this other thing, oh, is Harry Styles gay? I go, huh? Talking about me. Well, I don't mind if he is. I just didn't know. And I said, you know, I don't know. I know he's very into, like, sexual fluidity and, um, you know, everyone should come out if they want and be who they are. And I feel like he's hinted at it, but he's really, I think, publicly only been linked to women. And I said, but I said, I think he might identify as queer. I'm not sure. And she goes, you can't say queer. And I said, oh, no, we can say queer. It's an identity. It's LGBTQ. It's for queer. And it's fun. It's celebratory. It's not... You don't yell queer at someone. That's different. But, um, you know, he's gender fluid, sexually fluid, whatever. But, you know, people, the right wing made a big stink that he wore a dress on the cover of Vogue. She goes, these men, they're not understanding that it takes guts to put on your nail polish and go, I still feel, you know, like myself in this. I think it's great. I, his feather boas are wonderful. Jennifer, they're wonderful. And he is so talented. Oh, my God. I couldn't stop watching him. I just, I love his music. I love Harry Styles. So my mother is the newest Harry Styles fan. You know, my mom likes her rock stars. She's like the Beatles forever. She likes those guys. She doesn't mind a guy with a little nail polish. I said, I'd love to meet a guy who wears nail polish, a little eyeliner. Oh, I know. I mean, I'm all for androgyny, mixing it up. If, if I wore like a... Uh, a tuxedo somewhere and my boyfriend also had makeup on like let's do this let's party with our bodies then my mom was like don't put this pat on the internet but i'm gonna because she thought it was offensive and i didn't think it was i don't know what she was watching was she watching cardi b and megan the stallion i don't know i don't, I don't know she goes these girls were putting their legs in the air and like their legs were like wow like wide open with very little on and all I could think to myself was, have they ever worried about, like, if they got their period? I haven't had mine in so long. I, I, I still think about that, though. Like, what if they got it? Wouldn't that be awful? And I go, I don't honestly think they'd care. Or anyone would care these days, except for that fucking actor who doesn't want to say the word tampon. But I remember I worked at Boston Ballet in the 90s as my day job selling tickets. And I get this call one day. Ah! Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, hello, Boston Ballet. Can you calm down? What's going on? I was at Swan Lake last night and the dancer got her period. And I went, what? This woman was in the front row. This dancer in her little white outfit lifts her leg in the air and the woman saw a red blood stain on the woman's, you know, crotch area of her white leotard. And I went, for me, I'm thinking, great, because one of the dancers had died from anorexia. So I'm thinking, if you still get your period, you get enough body fat to not die. That's good. That's all I'm thinking. And it's one of those things where as a dancer, you probably have a very irregular period because you're so athletic. So it's not something where she's like, okay, Friday I'm in Swan Lake, but I'm also supposed to get my period that day. I'll throw in a tampon just in case like girls just started bleeding, you know? 
And this person was offended. I go, ma'am, you've gotten your period, but I think she was probably angry because she wasn't getting it anymore. She wanted a refund, not only of her, she was like a season ticket holder, which when you're a ballet season ticket holder, you're kind of a patron of the arts. Like your money is going to keep an art form alive and to keep this nonprofit of Boston Ballet. That's how we do it to the phone. You know, you, when you withdraw your 800 bucks you paid that year, like what the fuck? I don't remember what happened. I talked her out of it or something, but Jesus God. Anyway. Oh, my mom didn't want me to. Now, I think I have something to say. I think Jay-Z's kind of ducky looking. And like, you know, not like, I feel like he should really step it up when he's with Beyonce. Now, I've seen, I thought, I saw some picture of him. He was in like a cute pink suit, but she was like, I'm talking about just in general. I feel like she's so gorgeous and glamorous. And he's like, I guess all men are like this. They don't put as much glamour into them. Look, that's why I love Harry Styles. I just, it's not fair that there's so many gorgeous women and then the men are just like, meh. But she was going nuts. And I missed Ringo Starr. I fell asleep and I didn't get to see him. And I heard he looked so young because Jennifer, he is all about peace and love. And he said that when I saw him in concert, he said, I love, I really mean it. I'm into peace and love. And then he played a song that John Lennon wrote for him. And he was crying because John said, Ringo's my favorite. That's what he said. What else is he going to say? My mother was very upset. The royal family loved the Grammys. Feels like she doesn't understand some things. Like, she doesn't really quite understand uh, I don't know if it was Billie Eilish. I love Billie Eilish, by the way. But um, she didn't know who some people were. She felt like they kind of just like came out of the blue. And I think that's true. I, uh, But, you know, it's interesting. I, I grew up in the 90s when Fiona Apple won. And, and she won again this year, which was awesome. It was kind of this, this a great Gen X, Gen Z moment. Because I feel like Billie Eilish, who I fucking love. I love her voice so much. I love her style. I, lo- I watched the documentary about her. Oh, my God, I love her. Let me give you my thoughts on her in just one moment. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay. My thoughts on Billie Eilish. I Well, I'll get I'll get to the 
let me start with the Grammys. In the 90s, Fiona Apple won, I think, a Grammy. I don't know if it was for the song Criminal or if it was whatever. But she's like, I just want everyone to know this is all bullshit. And people were like, people were so mad at her for like daring to call something bullshit. Like the Grammys. I'm not kidding. Like, and then people of America were upset. Like, don't you insult our things. And I think what she was saying was, hey, kids at home, all this glamour and glitz you see is all bullshit. We're just people. And she was dealing with a lot of record industry psycho dicks who were like totally making her do this sexy stuff. And all she wanted to do was her really, like she's a singer that has to sing or she'll just explode, you know? And and she's at Old Largo. Largo is this really great theater in Los Angeles where musicians and comedians play, but it used to be a tiny restaurant. And I did shows there since I moved to LA in 2000. And Fiona was always just there on stage, like singing her heart out on the piano, doing her thing, always in her kind of like the Olsen twins look, you know, like this small, draped in all this stuff, you know, baggy clothes. She was never trying to be a sex pot. And that was the thing is like the music industry was just like, what do you mean you're a woman who wants to be an artist and not a sex pot? And so she didn't go to the Grammys because she's just like, I don't do that anymore. But here's Billie Eilish who gets to wear this crazy baggy shit and have her green hair and, and just say, you know, I I don't deserve this. I'm so embarrassed that I won twice, which is so Gen X. I love it. And it's really not like, I don't think any record industry people are like, hey, why don't you show some tits? You know, I'm not saying everything's better and the world has changed, but it's certainly different. And I wish that like little Fiona could have experienced what Billy gets to. And I love Billy because I, she reminds me a lot of Fiona and that's her voice is just gorgeous. And I love her music. And I just think she's neat, you know. Um, I love her style. And so I watched this documentary about her, uh, which is on Apple TV. And I had no idea that she lived in L.A. in a neighborhood called Highland Park, which is not glamorous at all. It's actually like East L.A. It's kind of like, you know, it's very gentrified now. But her mom and dad live in this like, small house like two-bedroom house and she and her brother grew up there I didn't realize her brother was like also the genius behind a lot of her music too like he is the producer and and helps her write songs and like they're both fucking brilliant and so but they're you know really close with their family and she still lives in that house with her parents and and it's not like some bullshit thing she really lives there and uh her brother just bought a house in a different part of LA but he's got a girlfriend, so I think she might be moving in. Anyway, it's just like, I just loved the documentary. I didn't know anything about her. I didn't know that. I mean, it just seemed to be destined for her. Like, she recorded a song in her bedroom when she was 14, 15, sent it to K-Rock or one of the stations in L.A. It got played, and it was very interesting. Like, if you watch her 2017 tour, she's playing places that I could play with, like, the same amount of people. And she's like getting in the audience and she's hugging everyone. And it's really exciting for me to see all these teenage girls screaming for a teenage girl. There's something very empowering about that where they actually have someone that they're relating to. And it's not just looking at men do this. And uh, and then to see she's in stadiums like the next year. Wow. But 
she just seems like a nice kid. It's weird. I'm old enough to be her mom, uh, and I feel very maternal towards her. Like, what is she, 19 now? I'm 46. I just think she's cool as fuck. I don't have any other words. Like, she's just neato. I like her. I like everyone. I was talking to my friend. He was like, he watched the Grammys and he filmed me. And I was like, I like everyone. Like, good for them. Everyone do your thing. And and uh, it just, I don't know. It seems like a really nice time. May I remind everyone that I am part of the Misfit Toys Comedy Network started by Jimmy Pardo and Matt Belknap of Never Not Funny. I have uh, been a frequent guest on their show. If you go to the link in the show notes, you can see all the great shows that are on the network. And I have guested on the Todd Glass show and Doug Loves Movies and Never Not Funny. And there are a bunch of other shows on the network. And we're going to hear from one of them right now. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Also, if you want to go back in time with me to 2013 or 14 or 15 or 16 or 17 or 18. Back to when the podcast was called I Seem Fun, you can just go to jenkirkman.com, click podcast, and on that page, there will be a link that'll take you back through the archives. It takes you to my SoundCloud where, where it's still called I Seem Fun for some reason. And you just hit, you just scroll and scroll and scroll and refresh and refresh as it just takes you back in time. You don't have to get in a car that goes 85 miles an hour to get back to 2013. So if you're like, what the hell has this podcast been about the whole time? That's how you can do it. And I want to remind everyone about that sale in the merchandise store. It's happening the 24th, 25th, 26th, 35% off everything. Classic t-shirts are 13 bucks. I really want to give a shout out to my merch store. I actually own a lot of my own merch. I have t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, notebooks, mugs, pillows, tote bags. It's really good quality stuff. And the sizes are pretty exact, but they do refunds and exchanges. So head to jenkirkman.com, click shop, or go to the link in the show notes, and you will be able to start shopping. And I give all of the proceeds that I get to keep to food banks. I want to get my numbers up. We're at about 500 bucks right now. I want to hit 1000 And I'm giving to food banks in Oklahoma and Mississippi. They really need it. They were wrecked from the winter storm last month, and they are still recovering. So go shop. And I will get a percentage of your sale and I will donate my totals to them. And I post receipts every month. I got receipts. If you want to join my newsletter, I write a newsletter now every week. It's, well, it's kind of like every other week or every two weeks, but you'll not hear from me more than four times a month. And if you hear from me four times a month, I'd be shocked. But um, if you just go to uh, my website, jenkirkman.com and click tour or the link in the show notes, I will add joining the newsletter. And what I do is I basically tell you where you can find me that week in the show business sense. If I'm on TV somewhere, if I'm on a podcast, if I'm on a radio show, and then I just take you through like a little thing in my life. Like one, one episode I made mocktails and I put in a little video or I might be like, oh, this week I'm reading this book or something like that just it's like a little gen lifestyle thing it's not um the anxiety tips that is something different now um if you want 
anxiety tips, you can follow me on Instagram at Anxiety Bites Weekly. And big, big news, my Anxiety Bites podcast is coming out this summer. It will be July. So if you join that Anxiety Bites Weekly at Gmail, um, you will know exactly when the podcast starts. And of course, in the newsletter, I'll announce that as well. I think that's all of the extra plugging that I want to do right now. So, um, and of course, join my Patreon. For $5 a month, you get a 20-minute bonus episode about something going on in pop culture. You get a four, uh, four videos a month, the video version, which has, as you know, extra episodic details with extra gossip, extra chatting. And of course, you get some stand-up sets that no one's ever heard. The $10 level gets way more bonuses and way more stand-up sets that no one's ever heard. So it's a pretty good deal. And truly, 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 I need your money. This is my job. And my goal is 1,000 by my birthday, which is August 28th. Right now we have 622 members. Can I reach 1,000 by August 28th? Can we do it? If you're like, oh, she doesn't really mean that she needs subscribers. She do. She do and she do. Okay, great. So let's talk about my nitrous. I don't know, guys. It wasn't that fucking great. You know, I had never had nitrous before. And I'm a hard horse to put down. I got anesthesia once and I heard um, the doctor go, she's out, right? And the anesthesiologist went, yeah. And I went, and they went, my God. They were like, we're going to kill you if we give you any more. So I kind of knew the nitrous was going to be the same way. Um, I think my dentist was annoyed with me. She was, she's an endodontist and she put the mask on me. And at first, because I was so Novocaine up in the nose, I couldn't feel it. And I said, I'm getting kind of anxious because I just feel like I'm breathing in nothing. It just feels like I'm breathing in nothing. And so she turned up the volume. It doesn't mean you get more nitrous. It just means it pushes harder, the oxygen and nitrous. And I was like, oh, I feel this. And you lay there for a bit. Then my arms and legs started getting tingly, which means it's working. But then that gave me an anxiety attack, which was weird. And then finally, I was like, I think I feel it. I don't know. And she was just like, ugh. Like, I think she was getting annoyed. I was like, I'm not anxious, but I'm not not. And again, the thing I get anxious about isn't pain or anything like that. I just holding my mouth open that long and all of that suction stuff, it just annoys me. And I get twitchy, so I wanted to be very still and calm for her. So I figured nitrous was the way to go. It did end up working. I didn't have any of the stories that other people have where they're like, I curled up in a ball. I started talking and saying crazy shit. I wasn't like that at all. I was like low-key nauseous because it does make you a little nauseous. And I was just like, at one point I almost fell asleep and then they ran out of the tank. They're like, oh, the tank's empty. We need another one. They filled it three times. And then again, I don't think I was doing that much nitrous. It was just that it was going hard mixed with the oxygen. So... Now I have another tooth issue. People, I've been grinding my teeth. I've been clenching. I have, this is the weirdest thing. I've had the best year in a weird way, like the pandemic year. Like I was able to earn through the Patreon. I had a great writing job. I really spent time with myself. I learned a lot, but I was whomped with some traumatic things. Like somebody I know died. Somebody I know that I didn't want to get married, got married. I hadn't seen my family in a year and a half. I haven't had a hug in a year and a half. Like it's... 
it'll fuck you up. And so I guess my jaw has been taking on that stress. I've been clenching in my sleep, which is what caused the root canal in the first place. It wasn't a cavity. It was so much pressure that I inflamed and then damaged my nerves. I think I have one more tooth that needs one, but we're going to keep an eye on it. We're hoping that while wearing my new night guard uh, might help. And so I've been doing um, EFT tapping, if anyone's into that stuff. I do it every day anyway, but I do it specifically for, uh, they call it, um, oh my God, teeth clenching has like a real term, buctress, bruxis, bruxis, bruxism. Um, And I've had it before in the past, but I thought I was done with it, but it must have come back. That must be how I process. So I tell my brain, listen. Stop bringing the anxiety to the jaw. The jaw is shit to do. Bring it to me. I promise. I can handle it. Tell me what you're thinking. And I listen to like subliminal don't clench your teeth tapes at night tapes. I have a tape recorder. I have a reel-to-reel actually. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm having stress because I'm rolling a reel-to-reel tape recorder into my bedroom and I'm looping it myself. It's just a big pain in the ass. And then it always wakes me up in the middle of the night when it comes undone and it's like... I'm not, what am I, uh, that guy that does sound effects? I can't do that. And I've got my lavender and I've got the, you know, I got all the things, you guys. It's just, they can do Botox in your jaw for that. So I might look into something like that. I'm going to do a sleep study as well. I'm going to do all the things. And last resort, I'm going to do hypnotism. Not last resort, but actually probably first resort. I should probably just go to a fucking resort. Okay, anyway, if you give me advice, I will kill myself live on tv so please don't gee this episode took a weird turn i just wanted to say that everyone was telling me how much they love nitrous and i was like it's not that great oh another thing when i was talking to my mom it was the sweetest thing i was like i love this show call your agent it's french and it's called something else in french percent, like 10 percent like 10 percent and anyway i just loved these people and now they're gone because i watched the whole series and my mother goes, um, is it like gone, gone? I go, yeah, they're not making another season. She goes, but is it still like on your Netflix? And I go, yeah. She goes, well, you can turn it on anytime and have them in your house. And I like almost cried. I'm like, that is so sweet. <laughs> God, I love that show. I don't want to watch any show ever fucking again. So going along with that, uh, Thing. I put a thing on Twitter that was like, everybody, tell me your nitrous stories. I want to hear it. I wasn't nervous about going to the dentist. I, I was worried that the nitrous wasn't going to work for me because I've, I've had similar situations. I talked about it on the Patreon version of this. And some guy, I don't know him. He's one of these blue checks, as am I. I hate when people say that. It's a white check in a blue circle. I just blew your mind. But we follow each other, and he's um, some kind of author or something. I'm sure I followed him for some reason, like he had a good tweet, and then I was like, oh, he's written this book, like, oh, I'll follow. You like to keep up with things, always researching stuff to talk about on any of my podcasts or whatever. So I follow a ton of people. I don't really, like, look at much, but he's in there. So he has the ability to direct message me. I can turn my direct messages off so no one can get in except... Um, people that I follow, thank God. So he gets in there and he goes, good luck at the dentist. Like didn't, I asked 
point blank, tell me your Nitra stories. Don't say anything else in the comments. So he takes it to DM. I don't know this guy. We don't have a relationship where we joke. And he said, uh, good luck at the dentist. You know, some weird advice that I didn't ask for about relaxing. And then like, and just make sure uh, you don't get, and, and don't be afraid, except for maybe if he gropes you. Just kidding. No, but uh, seriously, like watch out for groping. And I'm like, what? Like, it's just one of those things where I'm not offended by that joke. I'm not like, that's offensive. First of all, it's not funny. Not because it's like on the edge. It's just literally not a funny joke. I'm a professional. But would you slide into a black person's DMs and be like, watch out for the cops? No, seriously, watch out. They'll arrest you for no reason and possibly kill you. Like, you and I, men and women, unless I know you personally, you have, without consent, joked with me about a thing that I don't joke with men about because they don't understand it. You know, I don't expect my um, friends of color to joke with me about their issues unless they want to we have a long-standing relationship but it wouldn't even a good friend i would be like they don't need to hear me doing jokes about the terrible things that they face as this race or as non-binary or as trans or as gay they don't need that from me unless we're really really close and we make jokes all the time but certainly in writing and and i was just like why did this guy have to do this in dm why not comment DM always freaks me out. There's been no guy that's ever DM'd me, by the way, that made a joke like that that wasn't trying to do something. At the very least, he's trying to be familiar. And he's not... It's like, what if I really had been groped by a dentist before and that was, like, traumatizing? Like, why would you do that to someone? Also, I've been groped by men. Like, more than 200. Like, just strangers. That's just what it's like for a woman. All the time. My whole life, it's like 98% of men are like that. The 2% are exceptions. I don't have time to, I don't care anymore about who the exceptions are. I don't really care. See, men think it bothers us and we need to be told there's good men. You're only saying that for yourselves. We don't care. If we found out all men were bad, we, it probably, it weird us out if we're already in a relationship with a man and have a dad and a brother. But we'd be like, okay, we'll just get on with society. Like, I'm not like so desperate to like believe in the goodness of men. I mean, it's a bummer, but I'm just like, I'm not like, please, are there good ones? Like, I don't care anymore. I'm just like, it's an epidemic, violence against women. Anyway, so I blocked him. I was just like, nope, he doesn't get to play anymore. And so he wrote me direct message on Instagram. And he said, I know you blocked me. I'm so sorry I offended you. Now, guys, don't ever say that to a woman. I never said I was offended. He didn't offend me. He just lost his privileges because he, without consent, joked about something that is really insensitive. And he wrote, I'm a feminist. My wife was murdered and I have daughters. And I also think Andrew Cuomo is guilty. And I, and I just was like, none of these are reasons that you are an ally or a feminist. You don't get, like for me with, with other groups that I'm not a part of, I say I'm trying to be an ally every day and in every way. If you don't think I'm one and you're being a totally rational, reasonable person, then you get to decide that for me. Now, it doesn't mean you're like the decider of all time and the final judge. But if if someone decides I'm not an ally in their opinion, then I'm not. And it doesn't offend me. 
It's like I got bigger things to worry about and so does this person and I, I'm on their side and I'm just going to keep working towards equality whether they believe me or or not. And, and, and great, like not offended. And so this guy wrote all that and I said, listen, dude, I don't care what your opinions on Cuomo are. I don't even think about Andrew Cuomo. That, that story is so far from my brain because there's just way too many other things to think about. And I'm not keep, people seem to think I'm keeping up with every sexual harassment story like it's fun for me. I, I need to block some of that out. Also, um, the day that that guy DM'd me was like the day that that woman's remains were found in London and she was murdered by a cop who she ran towards because she felt unsafe and he killed her. So, you know, there is no good guy that we trust. If, if I'm 99 and on my deathbed, every man who hasn't murdered me is allowed to come to my deathbed and I'll go, you're the good ones. Until then, I can't. Now, when men get mad at me for saying that, don't get mad at my reality. Get mad at men and go do something about it. I hate that so many white women voted for Trump. What am I going to yell at a black woman about it? This is my problem to solve with white women. See, I'm also someone who has supremacy I have white supremacy. I benefit from white supremacy, just like men benefit from the patriarchy. So you can't come at me and tell me I'm telling you to handle it wrong because I know for myself, being a white, cis, straight person. Let's just bring it back to white, though, because that other stuff is like you can't tell, honestly, by looking at people. So just looks alone. I walk through the world with a privilege. And I don't spend my time telling black people, I'm not one of the bad people. I couldn't imagine acting in such an embarrassing way. I couldn't imagine commenting on someone who is experiencing pain because yet another kid has been shot because he had Twizzlers in his pocket and the cops shot him. I can't imagine writing in a person of color's comments not all um, white people kill black people. Can you imagine what a trite, childish, selfish, self-centering thing to say? And then a lot of men go, I know our actions, that we just have to be good men and shut up. No, not that either. You have to work with men on this. You have to get to, like there is a, I've signed up for things about like awareness that like, in my free time, girlfriends and I will do things where we work on getting educated about what it's like to be trans, what it's like to be black. Like, our guys just do it. Hey, guys, let's all have some beers and take this ally training workshop. This stuff exists. You can learn how to be a, a, a bystander. You just Google it. Bystander training, it's called. And at the very least, you'll get educated on how often this happens to women. It is multiple times a day, every day by multiple people. Harassment. So when that guy wrote me, I said, oh, wow, uh, although I'm sorry about your wife, I'm more sorry that you led with the fact that she was murdered and said you had daughters and that that makes you an ally. That makes you a guy with a deceased wife and two daughters. I would actually ask your daughters if they think it's cool that their dad went into the DMs of a feminist woman 
on the day that a woman's remains were found and made a joke about her dentist groping her. I said, I've been groped so many times and I don't joke about that with men because they're there's no consent be, between us. They don't, it's not a shared experience. So I don't joke about it with you guys. I might joke about other things. If I work with a man and we have a shared experience with a terrible boss, sure. And I said, that apology was about you. You told me I was offended as though that's the only thing that could have gone wrong here is you said something that was totally okay to say. And I just got offended. See, you're centering yourself and you're accusing me of a reaction that actually just makes me look like a square fuddy-duddy. I said I wasn't offended. I just thought it was unnecessary, and I knew that it was going to lead somewhere weird. And if you didn't intend that, well, then you need to go look at your intentions, and that's what an ally does. I said, your apology was all about you. You talked about your kids, your wife, how you'd think this about Andrew Cuomo. You were only concerned with me thinking you're a good guy. You really weren't like... Oh my God, how could I have written that? Of course, as an ally, I understand that most women are harassed. And 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 I hope that I didn't, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Like nothing, nothing about me was all about him. And I said, if you come back at me and write something shitty, I will make all this public and I will destroy you. <laughs> and it felt so good to say. I said, I'm going to be honest, dude. Men, there hasn't been one male ally that has blown my mind with his knowledge. You can't have the knowledge that I do because I have the experience. Like, so I don't need your allyship, unfortunately, if it looks like this. I don't need to give second chances. I don't have time. And then he wrote back, you're right, and I'm sorry. And that's it. I deleted it. And I said, I'm not unblocking you because that's the consequence. You lost your privilege. If I let him off the hook and go, oh, no problem. What does he learn? And I said, your assignment is to go tell your daughters what you did and see if they want you using them in DMs. You know, you know it was going to go somewhere else after that. Especially knowing this guy's a widow. Come on. Either way, even if it wasn't about that. So I'll probably get angry emails and uh, I'd maybe just think twice about that. All right, let's read some listener emails. Speaking of emails, oh my God, how does she do it? She transitions like no other. She goes into one topic and then the other. She rams other with other. Ah, Jen. Love the podcast. I only found it recently, so I was going through old episodes. I was just listening to one from a couple years ago, and I was like, huh. Sounds like Jen got into the wine before she recorded this one. Well, what's wrong with that? She deserves to relax. I hope she enjoyed it. Near the end of the episode, I got a phone call. When I returned to the podcast app, I saw that I accidentally had said it at three quarters normal speed. I had a good laugh at myself. Thought you might get a kick out of it, too. Thanks for everything, Renee. Thank you, Renee. Well, I did record an episode of this podcast drunk a few weeks ago like an idiot. And it never aired because I was drunk. But I put together a 10-minute edit of that drunken episode, and that is something my Patreon subscribers can see if they're at the $5 level and above. It's pretty funny and very annoying. So patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. Look at all the fun stuff you get. Okay, Jen. Jen, longtime listener and fan, I cracked up hearing your story about complimenting your own online dating profile. Oh, this is from months ago. I was reading someone's profile on a dating app, and I wrote to them like, oh my God, we have everything in common, but I was reading my own profile because I'm not used to dating apps, and I sounded like a narcissist. Anyway, she said, um, I have a similar story to share. I had my second child on November 28th. 
He was due on December 10th, so in anticipation, I had almost all of my holiday shopping and wrapping complete. On Christmas Day, having been up with both Santa-type obligations as well as infant care, I was exhausted by the time we arrived at my in-laws. COVID note, no travel, they're in our pod. My husband had packed some of the gifts I had wrapped for the boys to open there. So while we are opening gifts and all the commotion, I keep seeing things and thinking that they are from my mother-in-law to my sons, and I'm complimenting them. Oh my God, all my friends have this book to read to their kids. Oh, they just love their Richard Scary book, except I bought them and just forgot. Thankfully, my in-laws are elders, and they didn't notice I was complimenting things I purchased myself, or if they did, they didn't say so. Naturally, I cracked up hearing your story. Hope you've enjoyed this take as well. Best from Leah. Yes, <laughs> it almost sounds sarcastic. Like you're like, this is a great present. Like you're suck. Jen, I agree. Call My Agent is the best show out there. To watch it, I put on my most French glasses and I have my mocktail and I soak in the French beauty. Oh, I soak in the French beauty is all about authenticity and expressing one's truth vibe. So refreshing. Feel like I can take on the world after watching. My only sadness is that I'm almost done with the latest season. But I can attest that, like the female characters, the show just keeps getting better and better and better as the seasons go on. Also, was just watching an episode and realized I'd never seen so many female directors. It's a big theme of the show. We need more female directors, of all things. Anyway, thanks for shouting out the show. Nice to know others appreciate its genius. Catherine. There you go. Guys, I'm not recommending it. I'm just telling you what I love. I'm telling you a thing I love. That's all I'm telling you. I mean, I do recommend it, but I hate when people recommend things. I'm just, I'm just, as Elf says, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. Jen, congrats on getting the vaccine. I talked about that on the Patreon only episode, um, on the Patreon one hour episode before this episode again. Okay. I'm very confused about how my compassionate, empathetic, and understanding therapist is also a Trump supporter. She's amazing. She's changed my life. She's open-minded and accepting, and she supports Trump. Regrettably, I did some mild Facebook stalking after I stopped seeing her, and I stopped for entirely positive reasons. I'd had my suspicions based on some stray comments she made and how she talked about the pandemic, but I still had hope that I was wrong. Now I feel like I need therapy to come to terms with this. Anyway, about the end of lockdown, I know what you mean about missing yourself. I've been sort of half in lockdown since I have to go to work, but the past year has honestly been one of the best of my life, partly due to my Trumpy therapist, because I've been able to spend so much time doing various things that I wanted to do. It's been great to have a ready-made excuse to get out of social events, but I've decided when the COVID excuse is no longer valid, I will just say, no thanks, I'm going to read a book this evening if that's my plan. Basically, I'm going to keep prioritizing my plans instead of trampling all over them whenever anyone asks me to do anything. I finally accepted my introversion. Thanks, as always, for the fun, Jess. You know, I was part of me was like, should I even read that email? Because someone's going to be like, see, Trump supporters can be great therapists. And of course they can. But I'm nervous that this woman doesn't believe in the vaccine. And I don't like any of it. I don't like any of it. Jen, benefiting from staying home for a year is JOMO, joy of missing out. Love the podcast, Dan. Thanks, Dan. I don't know if you came up with that or if that's already a saying, but if you came up with it, give yourself a gold star on the forehead. That's pretty clever there. Jen.
I don't want to trigger your anxiety. But even if you get a root canal, your nerveless tooth can be painful if it gets infected. <laughs> People sending me. All I said on Twitter was tell me about nitrous. Oh, people love to scare, though. I've been with my dentist 18 years. I know anything can go wrong. If it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? You know how your body responds to psychological struggles? Well, in my case, teeth are the first to go. Almost a decade ago, I got a root canal that got infected because the space between my crown and my real tooth didn't allow for serious flossing anymore because the dentist wasn't all that great, and he left a bit of nerve there as well. So I had to get a root canal and an already root canal tooth. And not unlike you, I was broke as fuck at the time. Oh, she's talking about, guys, I'm not broke. She's talking about the first time I had a root canal 20 years ago and I was crying in the chair because I was like, how much is it? Um, it was expensive and I had crappy insurance, so I had to wait a few weeks to go back to blah, blah, European Vancouver. Okay, I don't want to finish reading it because I don't want to scare you guys. Go get your root canals. Thank you for writing in, my dear. I'm glad you're okay. She says, flossing saves lives. It absolutely does. I hope everyone's flossing. I floss and water pick, not to brag. Jen, me too. I've been listening to this podcast right now, and I totally relate to the fear of losing myself after we have to go back to normal. I love reflecting, being lost in my thoughts, and having time to savor ideas. Not that I have much time for that at the moment, chained to my kitchen table, working longer hours than I have in a while. Everything seems to be speeding up too quickly. Anyway, I won't bore you. Thank you for the podcast. Discovered it recently, and it has saved me. You're amazing, Erin. Oh, thanks, Erin. I'm glad you found it. You know, everyone is always asking me, how can I promote the podcast? Listen, you can't make anyone get into anything they don't want to do. And I'm not kidding when I say this. The only way that you guys can help me is two things. One, join the Patreon. That money goes to my pocket. If you can't do that, please go to whatever app you listen to the podcast on. Give it a five-star review and write a really sincere, glowing review. What that does is it pushes it to the top of the app's thing and more people find it. So if someone's on the fence about my podcast and then they read your review, you are helping. But if you're like, I'm going to tell all my friends about it, that doesn't work. It doesn't, you know, I'm just trying to drive people to the podcast. Once they're into the podcast, then from there they might like the Patreon. But I don't try to get strangers into the Patreon. But so so do that. That's really, it's not the only thing you can do in the sense of like, and it's not that great. It's like an awesome thing you can do. It actually helps. So don't be one of those people that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you said to do that, but I'm going to hire you a publicist. Like, no, guys, you don't have to worry about doing anything except download and listen and please review and leave five stars. Like that is literally your job. And I love you for if you do it. And if you aren't good with words and you don't know what to say, you can say, um, I want to be this podcast's tampon. That will be your review for this week. Give it five stars and say, I want to be this, I want to be reincarnated as this podcast's tampon. The just write that. Okay, great. Jen, I love the Patreon. I have a weekend afternoon routine, so fun, where I water all the plants in my apartment and do my laundry while listening to your show. One thing I've been wondering lately, how has Dr. Barbara Persons been faring throughout the pandemic? Would love an update on one of my favorite characters. Oh, I can't get into it now, you guys, but long ago, I used to do this character on the show called Dr. Barbara Persons. She's a real person. There was an article years ago about this flight that got grounded because everyone started vomiting at the same time and no one knew what was going on. And there was this woman on the plane that they interviewed 
And I was reading the article and it just said, Dr. Barbara Persons. And I was like, oh my God, that name's amazing. And then I just started singing a theme song off the top of my head. Dr. Barbara Persons. She's a doctor. She's a lawyer. She's a woman. Women can be doctors. Like she's also a doctor and a lawyer. And then I would do these episodes that were, you know, like three minutes long, like do, do, do. And I would be like, Dr. There's an emergency. She'd be like, I can't right now. And she had an affair with a pharmacist who had a drug problem. It was a whole thing. So I'll bring her back at some point. But I want to tell you guys that Dr. Barbara was so burnt out on helping people that once the COVID crisis happened, she escaped to the Cayman Islands and she's been in the Caymans. She might be doing some money laundering. Like she's kind of turned shady. So we'll talk. We'll talk about Barbara. Again, it's a real person in real life. That's not the story of the real person. That's the character I've made up. Jen, here's a pressing question that unnecessarily occupies my cognitive space. Why do gay men love you so much? Why is every listener email either from an Australian woman or a Gen X gay man? Although I am proud to be representing the Generation Z man-loving men among us, as someone who grew up in a rural conservative village of 900 camo-clad hill people, my Jen Kirkman gay icon conspiracy theory is that gay men love listening to you talk about pandemics, anxiety, and weight loss for hours at a time because you probably would have been our badass childhood sidekicks who beat up the homophobes for us. My inner childhood survival instincts just scream that as a fact. Sorry if I'm projecting my inner child onto you, but go nuts if you want to make up for lost time and hunt down the hunters who probably get pregnant and suspended after chewing tobacco naked in the poop pastures behind our school calling me homophobic slurs. Balance in the force. Final thought, I genuinely love the love-hate relationship you have with your audience. Even if you are tormented by the demons of scrutinization culture at every turn, made up by those who can't hold themselves accountable for their own anxious thought patterns and inflict that shit on those who serve them for free. If it makes you feel any better, I'm with you at every turn, trying to please you with my thoughts. That's right, I spend one hour each week trying to make you happy and prove myself to you with my thoughts. Every time you scold us for our forecasted missteps, I always think to myself, oh, I would never do that. It's the least I can hypothetically do for someone who hypothetically beat up my homophobes. It's funny how much power you have over us. Use it wisely. <laughs> my name is Holden and you can use my name. Thanks for being a friend in my ear. Holden, I love you. First of all, I was cracking up that you said gay men love me because when I'm on the road, where are the gay men? It's all these straights sitting there in their fucking, you know, straight straightness, getting mad at me. Not all men. No, I, I love my straight guy followers. I'm actually always touched. Uh, there's some gays. There's some gays. Uh, younger gays. I don't have the Gen X gays. Well, no, I guess I do. I've got some of them. But in real life, when I'm on the road, I'm always like, are there gay people here? Are there like nothing. I got a lot of le lesbians love me, as they should. And um, but yeah, gay men, I, I haven't tipped over into that like Sandra Bernhardt category or like Kathy Griffin. Like I don't get like groups of gay men. If I did, I'd be fucking rich, honey. But um, I did beat up homophobes in high school. I was a loudmouth punk feminist rebel with my friend Dave and our friend Forrest. And we started a poetry magazine together. My friend Dave was not allowed to go to the prom with a girl. I mean, with a guy in 1992. I was in college. I came back to go with him. And I spent the whole time harassing the chaperones.
we exclusively asked our English teachers if we could read things by uh, more gay authors. We did have a gay French teacher who was in the closet. I've talked about him. There, I always, 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 I would literally beat them up too. Like, I mean, if I were there where you are now, I would literally do that for you. So you are right about me. Thanks for the positive projection. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know how many gay men love me. I think it might be the same five ones writing in. But I do have a big fan base in Australia. Thank you to my friend, Will Anderson, who has a very popular podcast, probably listened to by, I don't know, a million people. And I've been doing his podcast for years. My Netflix specials are popular in Australia, and I've done three tours in Australia, as well as Chelsea lately, when it was on, was on in Australia. And we went to Australia in 2009 and taped a week of episodes there. So I've toured Australia four times, have a fan base there. I am so grateful for my Australians. I wish I could come back. It's not going to happen this year. Um, I don't know when it's going to happen because if I go back to my writing job next year, it's going to be during the, the Melbourne Festival. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know, you guys. Oh, I miss it so much. Um, well, there's that. So you've got your running, running? You've got your um, marching orders. Five-star review. If you don't know what to say, say, I want to be reincarnated as this podcast tampon. You're going to go to the link in the show notes and you're going to buy merchandise because it's 35% off. You're going to go to the link in the show notes and join the Patreon if you so please. And you are just going to write me an email. I seem fun at gmail.com and respond to anything I talked about on this show. I do read most emails on air unless they seem like they're from an someone who is having a rough time and sometimes I just don't read those out loud but um it usually takes two or three weeks for them to get on an episode because I tape in advance so don't despair write your emails let me know what you think the listener emails are some of my favorite parts so please do I seem fun at gmail.com send me an email ha huh. until next week have fun <laughs>